The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I talk a lot about how much therapy saved my life and how lucky I am to have my amazing therapist, Dr. Nay. But not everybody can get an appointment with Dr. Nay. And I really wanted to break the stigma on getting help or asking for help. So that is why I partnered with a company called online-therapy.com. They have plans that start around $30 a week and you can get weekly therapy sessions for less than $50 a week. You can also get my 20% off code by going to my website, judgingmegan.com, and you go to the therapy tab. And if you click on the link at the bottom, you can get 20% off your first month. Hey everyone. So I'm just back from Mexico. It was, I know that I had posted stuff on Instagram. Um, it was so fun. I've never had such a, an amazing, I feel like really obnoxious writing like hashtag blessed or hashtag grateful. I hate it when people do that. But 
I had the best trip and I just, I, it was, it was like one of those times in your life where I tried to like, be like, oh my God, like, don't forget this. Cause I'm so lucky, like living in this moment and being in this amazing place with my two daughters and my husband and our good friends. And so the way that I roll is I'm, I love clothes. I always like to like write out a list of like what I'm going to pack and it'll be like day one plane outfit nighttime dress um day two and I write the whole thing out and I write like the designer and I write like everything sandals whatever I'm gonna wear and then you know like I was like okay I'm also gonna get and I'm embarrassed to admit this it's really embarrassing I'm also gonna get acrylic nails for this trip because I bite my fingernails and I always have my whole life it's a nervous habit and so I go to this place and they're like, they're like, what do you want? And I was like, gel nails? Like, no, they're like, oh, acrylic nails. So I got the nails before I left for my trip. I had my whole list packed out. I had my fake fingernails put on. They're so annoying and gross. I hate them. And the first day of my trip, I was swimming in the pool and one of my fingernails fell off. Like it just, I hit the wall and it just like broke off. And so I had to go through the whole trip with these cheesy pink fingernails and one, like my little nub nail, like hanging out. So uh, my guest, Elisa Donovan <laughs> is on right now. Elisa, can you relate to anything that I, I'm saying? Well, I'm laughing for several reasons. One, if I could be as organized with my packing and the outfit in my mind, I have attempted to do that because I've heard that's the smart way to pack for a trip. But I am such a whirling dervish with things that I can't, I have like 17 suitcases, but I've forgotten shoes. You know what I mean? Like I can't keep it together with the wardrobe. So I'm impressed by that. But secondly, I'm not organized. I'm not organized. It's just for packing. And it's just about outfits because I like to have my specific outfits. It's really yeah, weird. It's really smart, though, I think. Uh, and I'm laughing about the nails because I have had several uh, pandemic injuries that are related. <laughs> Aside from pandemic burns, you know, from like cooking 24 hours a day, I've got like literally burns on my wrists and on my hands. But I, the first time I went out, you know, when they lifted some of the restrictions in San Francisco where I live and friends were having a quote party in their backyard, still with under 20 people outside. But I was having all this anxiety. I felt like I did a great job. Like I showed up at this thing and then I was like, I have got to go. And I left early and I took an Uber home. My husband stayed and I was in the Uber and I felt like, oh, you know, you did it. You did it. You went out. <laughs> saw people. We got a, a sitter, our, you know, our, our lifelong sitter that we've had who we love. And it was only the second time we had seen her in a year and a half. I get out of the Uber and I slam the door on my thumb, on oh my, my thumb, straight up, like slam it. And I start bawling. I have to open the door to get my thumb out. So I'm telling you this whole story to say, like, I had just done my nails also and hadn't done my nails. I now have lost it. Do you see completely? <gasps> Don't That's ever let so weird. But it was bloody and swollen. And I went inside to our sitter and I was like, how did everything go with Scarlett? And she's like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And I said, do you think I need to go to the hospital? Am I? And I just started bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling. So 
I think that now I'm just not going to do my nails probably for another year because. Oh, I'm never going to do this again. And I also feel like I'm like in Housewives of New Jersey. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I can't, (laughs) I can't text anyone. Like I keep texting like the wrong letters. It takes me like an hour. I don't care. Like I've given up. I don't need to have nice fingernails. I'm good. I do. Anyways, interesting that you chose acrylic. It's like very retro. It's so it's it? so cheesy. I'm showing them to you. My audience can't see right now. I mean, and then the worst part is, and it's weird that that happened to you. Is yesterday when we were flying back on the plane, um, my husband and I got in like one of those like dumb fights. I couldn't. I pack everything on carry on because I'm paranoid my suitcase will get lost. So I'm a professional packer. So I roll everything into balls. And he, and he put it, I couldn't get it up into the, into the carry on. So I was like, Ron, help me. I can't do this. And I'm sweating and my kids are like yelling and the people behind (laughs) you are like, hurry up and get on the plane. And you see the flight attendant like pissed. So he got, he stands up, get pushes my thing in for me. And then he stomps on my foot, like not on purpose. And he broke my entire toenail. So I now have a broken toenail and like a broken pinky finger. I'm just like a hot mess, a complete hot mess. This is the other thing I was going to say. My other injury was my toenail that I, it's a whole story. I do not want this whole to go into. This is so weird. Let me just tell you, the day before the election in November, Uh yes, the night that my daughter, it's too long of a story, but suffice it to say, I kicked a pumpkin accidentally that was still, was in our foyer and our like between our living room and our dining room. And my daughter just wanted to keep the pumpkin. And I was like, just let her keep the pumpkin. It's fine. I walked into this thing, wound up with pumpkin, like stuck under my nail. Na- it, it was so gross and so painful. And then I wound up losing my toenail. So I've had these weird weird injuries throughout the pandemic that I know um, and, and also <laughs> and also you're I'm not trying to be mean because I'm super accident prone but reading the book <laughs> we'll go into this a little bit like it, yes. I was like I would have had something like that happen to me so I think we're both uh-huh. kind of like a little bit accident prone yeah right? I think it's like when you have a lot going on in your yeah. mind your insides that sometimes you just don't you lose track of what's happening in the physical totally (laughs) well anyways everyone i mean i don't think elise is as much of a hot mess as i am but i just want my audience to know that i now have like if you see me on the street i'm actually getting this fixed today i have four acrylic fingernails one fingernail that's like falling off and then a busted (laughs) toe so i'm hot stuff but i do have a really good uh suntan so i'll say that and we're gonna start the show Everyone, I am I am like beyond thrilled to have my guest on today. Um, I feel like it's kismet that we were supposed to meet, if that's a word that I can mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. Um, Alisa Donovan, thank you so much for coming on my show. I am thrilled to be here. I'm really excited to have this chat, truly. Um, I Well, I'm going to start with the everyone knows you from Clueless. And I will tell you that I, if you're of our age range, you've seen Clueless. Um, I actually remember seeing Clueless and I'm the like dork that bought the white Jeep Wrangler 
intro ah. about Hollywood. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like I thought I was Cher. Oh and my gosh. I yeah. Yeah. I've talked about it in other episodes. So I had a white cheap Wrangler. I thought I was Cher. Knew nobody, drove out to Hollywood to pursue my dreams of becoming an actress. And um, I just, it's so funny because my niece, who's now 25, when she was young, I taught her whatever. Uh, so <laughs> when she was a baby, she would do it. And my you sister did? would get so <laughs> mad at me. And she'd be like, Megan, stop telling Maura to do whatever. When she was like a toddler, she would do it. It was so funny. So... Um, I know that I have a lot of um, fans um, that love you and are excited that you came on. So thank you again for coming on. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so I I really wanted to have you on today because obviously the people that listen to my podcast know that it's about, you know, um, trauma, like I'm a trauma survivor, overcoming obstacles in life. I always interview people that have come through, gone through some sort of trauma and come out the other side. I'm all about signs. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like you, I'm about dreams. Yep. And um, what's funny is I am embarrassed to admit this, but I am a huge, huge Jeff Lewis fan, like huge. Oh, and during show yeah. later this week also. Okay. Well, I'm coming because I'm <laughs> obsessed with it. Um, so, so during the pandemic, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I, um, I was, I went through like a bad couple of years and I would go on these walks at 9am on the strand. I would just like, that was my time. And I would just walk mm -hmm. the strand and I would be this like crazy person, like laughing hysterically, like at Jeff. Right. And Doug, who's your friend. Yes. And, and I just, I just became this like huge fan of Jeff Lewis Live. I listen every single day. And then your friend, Doug, started to have this like cook and kibbit yes. show. Yes. <laughs> and so tomorrow, I'm not sure. Okay. I need to come. I'm, I'm coming. And I'm going to, oh my God. I'm staying with him tomorrow night to do <gasps> in the morning. So I I'm mean, gonna see, I'm going to be making an appearance on his cooking kibitz cooking cooking. Okay, well, don't worry because you're like I am the biggest nerd on the planet. I literally watch it every week at four o'clock on oh, Thursdays, cooking kibitz. And so you came on to an episode, and I just love Doug. He's like everything, like everything in like he a human crazy. being that I love. And I don't know him, but I just like love his positivity. He's so funny and just. Yes. Like during COVID and the pandemic, we all needed to laugh. So I always watch his show because I think he's so funny and I love people that are self-deprecating. So one day you were on and you were like, oh, I have this book coming out. It's actually about trauma and like the loss of my father. And so right away, I was like, we have a couple of friends in common. By the way, this story is going to end soon, everyone. Um, my friend, Stephen <laughs> Bowman, who's who's been my friend for... 20 years, been on the show. And then my friend, Meryl Reardon Gillespie from college also knows you. Oh my God. So I literally was like, I need to get her on my podcast. I and feel like those two people could not be more diametrically opposed. Oh my God. Like, Meryl no. and Stephen are such different people. And I think it's hilarious that Stephen messaged me and said, my friend Megan has this podcast. She would like you to do it, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yes, I would love to. And I'm doing all this press now. I'll, you know, let's be in touch in like July or whatever I had said. 
And then, no, I think it was like hours later or the next morning, Meryl's like, so listen, Elisa, I want you to be my friend naked. Oh and my I, God, Meryl's so funny. I it just, you know, came from all angles. And I was like, I yeah. does everybody think I'm not going to do it? What's the <laughs> No, but I felt like a full-fledged stalker because what I did was I was like, well, one of them will reach out to her. But like when I feel like, um, and we're going to go into the book right now, but when I feel like, And I know you say this a lot in the book, but I'm somebody that believes that, and I say it every episode, that everything happens for a reason. And it was just like this weird thing where um, it sounds really crazy that like somebody like Jeff Lewis and Doug or whatever it is could have helped somebody during such a traumatic like COVID time. And I was dealing with all this like horrible like friend breakup and all this stuff. And so sad. And that was like my one time during the day that like made me smile and made me laugh because I was so sad. I and love hearing that so much. It's I we never this is such an important point for life in general and how we walk through the world that we never know how what a positive effect we could be having on someone's day. We don't true we don't know what is going on inside of another person. And sometimes just walking down the street and saying something to someone or, you know, in that case, of course, listening to, a, you know, a, a show with millions of other people maybe. But, you know, we just don't know how we can affect other people. And it's a really important thing to remember that we are so connected in that way. You know, it's they, so true. they were helping you in that way. And it's a great gift. You know, it's like I look at that like that is the way I want to go through the world that I hope I'm having a net positive effect on people, you know. Well, let's go into that because uh, your book. So I've interviewed several authors and in different ways. I feel like um, the every book that I've talked about on this podcast has helped me in different ways. Um, this book is absolutely unbelievably beautifully written. I felt like when I was reading Thank it, you. that I was, that I was like, I could picture, I could picture like every place where you were. And I, and I just, I can't oh, explain thanks. it. It was just like certain things in every chapter like hit me in different ways. Mm. When I read the very first chapter, I think you said something in the very beginning and you just said, I had to let it go. Like it was mm-hmm. time for me to let it go or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. Um, and when you decided to write this book, I know that you, um, like, was it during COVID or was it before COVID? When did you so, start writing it? No, I had started writing the book years ago. Okay. Shortly, a couple of years after this happened. And I, you know, this is the thing. Timing is everything. And I really do believe that projects like this, that to me is it's part of my soul's work doing this book and, and uh, it's on its own timeline. So I wanted to have a book deal, you know, 10 years ago. I I didn't get one, (laughs) you know, we got close to getting one. I had a couple of chapters you know, written and there was all this great feedback that the writing was so good, but the message was the main notes were like, she can't get out of her own darkness. And so I put it down. And then when I went back to it just before the pandemic, um, 
I realized, oh, I understand exactly what they're talking about. It's it's like you, we have to process enough and be able to metabolize enough to be able to create something that's that's helpful and identifiable to other people, you know? But I think initially I was still too much in the muck of it and too much yeah. in the pain of it. And when I brought it back out with fresh eyes, I went... Oh, one, this story is still so important. And two, I know how to make it better now. And so I just started to revise. And it was also because there, there is a film version of this that's in development. And we thought that we had the financing. And then at the last minute, I won't say why. Yes, it has yeah. something to do with Trump. Um, and putting the tariffs on China, uh, we, our investor backed out and we didn't have the money. So I went from thinking we were going into pre-production for this film to going, oh, I guess I'm just going to be driving my daughter to summer camp every day. And I was mortified and so sad and so bummed out. I said, I'm just going to go back to the book. I'm going to dive back into the book. And I did, I got a new book agent book agent read it and said, you, this is, this is a beautiful book. We, I, I have to represent this book. And then everything just fell into place. And then I got the deal. You'll appreciate this as a parent in a pandemic of small children. Yeah. yeah. I got signed the deal the day after what turned out to be my daughter's last day of school in last spring. So I'm thinking they're going, you know, your first deadline of June 15th. I'm like, oh, that's no problem. Like I work really fast. It's great. You know, it'll be fine. Thinking my husband will be back at the office and my daughter will be back in school in two weeks. And then of course we all know that never happened. (laughs) No one left the house for a year. And so I had to write, do all the revisions, um, you know, with my daughter homeschooling and, you know, having breakdowns every five minutes, Mm -hmm. my husband in the guest room, I set up an office basically in his closet, you know, in the, it was completely insane. Like the whole thing was so crazy, but it just, you know, it, the timing was right. Like I was, and, right. and, it, and it's, it's like, what's interesting. And I wrote notes. And when I tell you, I'm not like a huge reader, I've become a bigger reader, um, during, because I have a podcast and I interview people and have to read their books. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a huge reader. I'm just not. And I'm more of a real housewives watcher or like I like to listen <laughs> to a lot of podcasts. Um, okay. But I remember being on a vacation and I read this, the book about um, Carolyn Bissett Kennedy written mm-hmm. by Carol Razowell. Yes. And I had the same kind of like reaction to that book. This was years and years ago, and I can still remember. It was probably even before I had kids. So mm-hmm. my oldest is 11. Um, and I remember like, like folding pages and writing like little like notes and just loving, like, I think she's a beautiful writer. And something that just struck me was it reminded me of reading this book, just the way, like, you know, actors oh, have I such... That yeah, actors so good because I do that with books that I love. So yeah, um, oh, I loved it. I loved it, and it's not just because you're on my podcast. I mean, I really wrote all these notes, um, and I think that actors have such. I'm married to an actor, so I can say this: mm-hmm. I was an actress at one point in my life, 
um, they have just a reputation of not being very smart. And, you know, like, you're like, oh, who do you think you are? You're going to write a book, another actor writing a book. But your writing is just, it's absolutely, and I I know I keep saying this, but it's just so, it's so well-written just how descriptive it is. And then one of my things that I wrote down was like, how in God's name do you remember this stuff? How do you remember everything so well? Because I, I like, I, I'm not like that. I can't remember, like, I can remember like an outfit I wore to like a seventh grade dance, but I don't remember like conversations that I had with my dad or my mom. How, that's such a gift that you have that. I really, um, I almost go, well, first of all, some of it I, I wrote, um, closer to the time that it happened. So it was more fresh in my mind. Okay. Uh, so I did it as a play. I did it as a one-woman show, a version of this. And um, so, you know, some of it was because it was more fresh in my mind. But really, I, I think what I do, I almost like go into a, um, it's like a meditation, like a zone kind of thing. I'm not meditating by any stretch. Like I'm not sitting here actively meditating. But yeah, something, like something happens when I start the writing process that I just get into this, I think it's just a very deep place that I can, um, I don't know that I can just tap into it. It's like a real deep place, like a flow. And I was so surprised at how, um, you know, like I, I, I wanted to get the book published for so many years and, you know, so many disappointments, roadblocks, and then you finally get one and then you realize, oh shit, now, now I really have to do it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it isn't just, I mean, I got the deal cause it was partly written, but then I went, oh my gosh, like this is really happening, you know? And so and then I, you had to remember all of that stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I was really surprised at how, um, it just was like a flow. It felt like I was like channeling something which sounds weird and hocus pocusy, but, um, that's, that's really what happens. I think, you know, most creative people will say, you know, they talk, we talk about the flow and that's of anybody. If you're a painter or writer or an actor, a singer, um, any kind of work that is, that is creative, um, when you're in that flow, like you just know it and it's awesome. And it, you know, so I feel like that happened a lot with this book for me. Well, I, something I loved about the book. So just so everyone knows, I don't want to give away, like I could give away the whole story because i just freshly <laughs> read it, but um, your dad passed away when you had been um, like had the worst period of your life. Where you're, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but your ex boyfriend was not a nice guy. Obviously, the way he broke up with you, right. your dad, you know, was uh, got cancer and you lost a job all at mm-hmm. one period of time, and it's just. It's kind of like one of those things in life. I say this all the time. You just never know. Like, why do things happen all at once? Like, how much can one human being handle? Yeah. And um, do you want to kind of go into that? Because it's it's yeah. a big part of the book. It definitely, that's the, the crux of the whole thing is that, you know, I went from thinking I understood everything about my life, about where my career was going, <laughs> excuse me, where my relationship was going, 
family was stable. And then just systematically, one by one, very quickly, everything was taken away. And I went from this place of thinking, you know, that everything made sense to having no clue what I was doing. And, and feeling like any place I tried to grab onto something, there was, there was nothing to hold onto. And I, I was in somewhat of disbelief for a while and then in denial about it. And then slowly just, um, I had to reevaluate my entire life. And so I was also very surprised at how devastated I was at the loss of my dad. I think it's so naive that, that I, that I thought that at the time, but I felt like I'm an adult. I'm an independent person. You know, I'm a successful human being. Uh, why am I so broken by this? Like, why can I just not get up in the morning? And I mean, I just couldn't. And I felt like, where am I, who am I, and what am I going to do? And I wandered around. I mean, I think I said this, said this in the book too, that I, like, if you saw me, you would on the street, I either looked like a crazy homeless person or like this angelic person that was kind of floating around like, hi, everyone. You know, like it was, I was out of my body most of the time. And well, um, nobody, nobody really tells you, sorry to interrupt how to deal with, um, you know, my, my father also was diagnosed with cancer when I was 12 years old. And mm. nobody tells you when you talk about cancer in the diagnosis process that, you know, your life is just not, it's precious. Like we're not here forever. And I think just picturing you, like, I think you were on Beachwood or something eating chips yeah. when you got yeah, the yeah. phone call I, from uh, your brother. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, that you were like on a successful TV show, right? A lot of times, like mm-hmm. p- actors, actresses in Hollywood are glorified, so you're put up on this pedestal, and then you're kind of like, "Well, I'm untouchable." All, and then then you go walk into your apartment, and the your boyfriend's with some like girl sitting on the sofa, and then all at the same time your dad is diagnosed and it's kind of like, well, anybody that has like marbles in their head and any kind of like heart would have been broken. So I think that people deal with grief and um, cancer, especially like that diagnosis of seeing a big, strong man like your dad. I can relate when I read it. My dad was, you know, very successful and, took care of his family, was good with money. Um, my mom, I, I related so much to your mom and how funny she was because my mom was an ex-beauty queen too. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and just like the, just the pain of in the story talking about, you know, not wanting to go home to deal with what you really had to deal with, which was to see mm-hmm. this, this big, strong dad that as a little girl, like loved you so much and, you know, and just yes. turn into a sickly human. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really is. And that, that thing of hearing the word cancer until it, it just seemed so amorphous to me before this, this idea of, you know, kind of this big, bad wolf that isn't really real, you know, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. understand, you know, it sounds terrible, but you really don't know 
what it is until it happens. And the whole process is just, you know, anyone who's gone through it, no, it's just, it's, it's debilitating. It's painful in, in every way to watch and to go through. And, uh, I think I knew, you know, in that, in that moment in my, in my car at the beginning of the book, I knew that like shit was going sideways, you know? And I felt, I remember feeling like if I could just stay right here in this car, in this parking lot and just, just maybe forever, maybe I'll just Mm -hmm. never go anywhere and everything will be fine. You know, I just will just, I'll just stay right here. How long can I stay right here to, avoid having to actually deal with what's going on and then and then to get the news and then what's you know flying back and forth and Mm -hmm. then your friend you know dealing with her own or your best friend's uh, father getting cancer at the same time so crazy so crazy and i i i understood like it's this weird thing where you don't really know how to react to things like, yes, you know, I can't even really put it into words. You put it into words way better than I could in the book, but just like you were like, Oh, I'm here to help you. I'm going to do everything that I can to help you get through this. So then I can, yes, you know? Yeah. It like feels like, okay, I'm going to accomplish this because then that means I'm accomplishing something. I'm doing something. And I'm, but you know, also this idea that everyone, everyone grieves differently and everyone Mm -hmm. needs different things and responds differently. So, you know, my desire to try to help her, which was very genuine because I, I, I love her, but it also was through this filter of me trying to scurry away from my own life, which mm-hmm. is not really helpful to another person. You know, if you're, if you're, you're doing something that's actively to try to not do something else, you know, like you could just energetically feel that. So I'm sure it felt very overwhelming to her. And, um, you know, it just, again, every time I tried to avoid it, it just comes back bigger and bigger. You know, it's like a thing they say um, in AA also about, I think it's in AA, they say it, that if you, uh, you know, if you swallow a feeling, you swallow it whole. And the bigger that you, like the more you avoid something, the bigger it gets. Or they they liken it to like the monsters, like, you know, getting bigger in your closet or something like that. And I think that's really true for any kind of challenge and grief in particular. You know, we just want to avoid it because in our culture, we are conditioned to want shiny, happy things and to be happy and to be successful and to have more and all those things. So we want to avoid pain at all costs. And the great irony is there isn't any way to avoid it. (laughs) So, you know, we, we have to go through it. And in one of the reasons I wanted to so, so was so important to me to write this book is I feel like we, in my going through the grief, when I finally actually allowed myself to step through it all, that's how I came to the other side and have the beautiful life I have now. You know, I could, if I kept sidestepping it, I would never 
I wouldn't have the appreciation that I have for everything. I wouldn't have the kind of extraordinary relationship that I feel I have with my father now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things are because I went through these challenges. So I hope that we start to feel culturally more comfortable with this discomfort, you know, or, or, or in general, just talking about it. Like nobody tells you, um, you know, what it's going to be like on your family. Nobody tells you, um, you know, there was one part of the book when your older sister, you and your older sister got in this fight because you didn't Mm -hmm. know really how to deal. And then you ran out and saw the horse Mm -hmm. And I pictured that scene so perfectly. It was like, you know, I mean, one thing I will say is uh, we're all lucky in different ways as human beings. We're put on this planet. We all have our own challenges. People go through loss and grief at young ages. People go through it at older ages. I think losing a parent in particular is never easy. I don't care what age you are. I think Mm -hmm. about it a lot with my own mother just because Mm -hmm. I lost my dad so young. And it's just one of those things where I'm terrified of it. And I think about it a lot. Um, but I I just think that, you know, you, nobody tells you like, you're going to have to see your parent suffer. You're Mm going to have to see your parent, like at one point in the book, when he was dying and in hospice, you would just see, and I'm not going to give it away, but it was a really horrible thing to read that you and your sister had to encounter. Mm-hmm. And I and I thought to myself, like, well, you're right. Like we celebrate like birth and people coming mm-hmm. into the planet. And it's like this celebration. But people leave the planet and that's it should be a celebration for us. Yes. But there's no manual yes. on, for all of us left to how to grieve. Like nobody tells right. us yeah. like what to do. And so I think that when you wrote this book and you talk about all the things that you went through, the breakups, the one boyfriend that you had that you kept thinking you were supposed to be with. And Mm -hmm. then you talk about at the very end, you know, um, right. The, it makes me cry thinking about it because I need to do this is write a letter to my dad. Yeah. And that letter was so touching. And then you ended up you know, now you're with your husband and you have your beautiful little girl. It yeah. just really comes full circle. And I was so touched at the end by your, by you saying, well, I had to kind of go through all of this to not care anymore. Like, I'm not afraid to get on an airplane when it's my yes. time. It's my time. Yes. I, I just love that. Do you want can you Thank go into you. that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time, uh, fearing these things that we think we don't want, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, oh, I don't want to be alone. I don't want my relationship to end. Oh, I don't want to lose this job. Oh, I don't, you know, all those things. But, and, and these kind of random fears of, in the pandemic, of course, is like a huge thing of this. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it's very real. But we also, at a certain point, have to say, okay, how do I continue to lead my life knowing these, these parameters are there, the, the things, how we have to be safe, et cetera. But I can't walk around afraid of, of something that may or may not happen. Like, what's the point of that? It just robs us of having our experience in life. And I felt like this whole process 
made me see how much time I had spent you know, being afraid of various things like, oh, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to go to that party. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be uncomfortable. No one will like me. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that because I don't know if I can handle that or I don't know, do I really want to go all the way here? Or, oh my God, what if there are, you know, terrorists on the airplane, you know, like all these kind of random things that are ridiculous because mm-hmm. I just felt like I, I, I learned, I, I had such a spiritual uh, awakening throughout this process where I really understood the bigger picture. And I, I feel like my, my life has changed so unequivocally and so irreversibly for the good that I have this sense of, of a, 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 a love and a, and a joy that I connect to our, my entire existence. And I, it's not that I don't feel pain or that I don't feel sad. We have dear friends who are, have just gone through an unthinkable loss. And I feel that so deeply for them. And so it's not that we, I don't experience pain anymore. It's just that I, I feel like I, I understand what it is to be alive and to mm-hmm. be alive is sometimes to experience pain. And it just helps to enhance our lives, you know? Uh, and, and that might sound strange because, again, I'm not saying to avoid, you know, that everything is like hunky-dory and bright and shiny. It's, it's actually the contrary. It's like we get it all. We get it all. It, you know, everything's in. We, we take everything uh with us, you know, and, and that's what a fulfilling life is to me. You know, it's not also like, Oh gosh, what if, how do I look in these jeans? Oh, did I gain five pounds? Oh God. I wish it like, who gives a shit? You know, these things are so minor. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's interesting that you say that because that's something I, you know, I battle with being afraid to get on airplanes and all of those things. So when I read that in the book, I was like, you know, you're right. Like, I think that the past, I think COVID in particular really made me be like, what? stop being afraid to get on an airplane. Stop, yeah. you know, I it just like going through loss recently with my aunt, we had to fly back East and, um, you know, I, I looked at her and I said this, I think two podcasts ago, I was interviewing Lori, who's an intuit and has gone through a tremendous amount of loss. And I looked at my aunt you know, and I'm Irish Catholic. So yeah, I know I read that. So in the, in it's like in our tradition is a lot of times they are still, we still have open caskets and I looked at her physical body and I realized like she is gone. She's gone. She's not there. Right. She's not there. And it put me at peace. And then reading your book, just all of the just unbelievable signs. Like you're very lucky because I I don't have these signs from my dad. I think that he is at like a giant cocktail party and like won't mm-hmm. leave and give me signs. But then I get these amazing <laughs> dreams and signs from my best friend that passed away all the time, all the time. Oh, and wow. I loved that your mom at one point lost a necklace and there was a mm-hmm. gold necklace with a ruby mm-hmm. in it and she mm-hmm. couldn't find it for eight months. They had been on this trip and she was like opened her closet and the necklace flew out. I'm like, yes. 
Yes. Hello. Yes. And these things like you can't, you know, uh, you, you can't, I mean, I suppose you could make them up, but you, you really can't make them up. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, those kinds of things happen all the time. And I will say, you know, I, I think I, well, I, I touch on this in the, in the book too, that for a period of time, I realized I was shutting it out because it felt like too much. It felt too overwhelming. And then once I realized that, and it was very like a huge part of the healing process of actually letting in whatever wanted to come in. I, it's like, I, I, I fell like everything sort of fell away and my dad could communicate with me. And I had this huge understanding of how thin, you know, the, the veils are between these worlds and the spirit, like our bodies are one thing. Yes. They're that we're, we're, we're living in a physical body on this, in this life, but there is so much more than just that. And I feel it all the time. I mean, you can imagine, especially in promoting this book, I like any, he's all over the place, you know, and I, I, I sense him all the time. And, and now that I've been more, even more open to it, my grandmother and our friends, you know, like other, I think it's a, it's a really subtle shift that if we allow ourselves to really be quiet and really be present it starts to come in, you know, I don't know how to explain it other than that, really. I, I believe in it. It does take, it does take work because as people, I think we're just like, oh, that's weird. That's hokey. I don't want to tap into that. I'm not, I'm not going right. to think that way. That's so weird. But then when you like, I mean, I think I got to the lowest point of my life in the past two years. And I talk a lot about this and I, like you kind of got to this point where I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks of me anymore. Like, you don't think like I'm cool enough or I'm this enough or I have enough this and I don't care. I would rather live my life. That's why I started this podcast to try and help Mm -hmm. other people. And, you know, I like to talk. Some people don't like that, (laughs) including my (laughs) husband. Um, But I was like, I'm going to start talking again. I'm going to be creative. I'm supposed to do this. And, and you're, I, you're you're speaking from your soul, like we, yeah. we talk about the soul's purpose, which might sound yeah. hokey, but it's quite real. It's yeah. like you know you're doing something you're supposed to be doing, and yeah. the more you do it, and the more practiced you are at it, the more you realize it just reiterates to you that this that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and then the the, the you know the path starts to open up, and all the right things continue to happen. You know, it's it's kind of like the secret. Yeah. 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 Like the secret, which is like not the secret, but it's true. Like you think you do things, you try to better yourself as a human. But what my point of that story was, there was one point in the book where you talk about your dog, like running up and down the stairs and you had gone to the psychic and you, you were like, I'm not, should I say hi? And like, I know you're there or whatever it was. And I thought, I thought of myself and this is not a lie and I sound like a total weirdo and I really don't care, but I was walking along the wood chip path where we live and Mm -hmm. my sign is a butterfly. So anytime I see butterflies, Mm -hmm. I think it's my best friend coming to see me. And this butterfly started like flying all around me and then she she landed, she, he, whatever, Mm -hmm. 
landed on a bush and I, and just stopped and I started talking to the butterfly. (laughs) And I was like, I miss you so much. And all these people are like walking by me. And I was like, oh my God, I must look like this total crazy lady. But honestly, when you get to the point where you just don't care anymore and you realize that it's like, it's so much bigger. You just, yes. it's so freeing, right? And so freeing. And nature is a really big way to, to, uh, you know, that I have found that messages like that come through and animals. Mm-hmm. I have like a hummingbird is my, is my, yeah. with my dad. That's your sign. Is yeah. that your sign? Yeah. yeah. Hummingbirds. And yeah. we just moved recently. Let me see if, if he's out there right now. Oh yeah. He's sitting right there. So oh my we gosh. moved and where I had set up my, um, uh, my whole zoom set up here, uh, there's a big tree outside the window. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, he's got a buddy. Now there are two of them. Um, Aww. but I, I would always see, um, as I said, that was always a sign for me. And I set up shop right here at this table. I have this lovely view of this big tree. And as soon as I sit down the first time to do an interview about the book, there's the hummingbird. And those little guys have been out there every time. And, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a reassurance thing. It's a, and, you know, it's one of these things that if you believe you don't need the proof and if you need proof, you're just never going to believe, you know? So it's, it's fine if people don't, um, if they don't, that doesn't resonate, you know, that's, that's fine. But <laughs> well, we're all we're right. all on this planet for our own journeys at our own yeah. time. So, like you know, when you were like at your point where it was like the three horror, like three mm-hmm. things at one time, that was the beginning of your journey to yes. you know, like yes, going home, like going through all of these things, like you know. having the day of the funeral with your having the eye issue, like all these things like that just kept happening. Um, Mm -hmm. It just, it took you to where you are today. Yes. And it also, you know, for years, you know, it's when you, when you, I've had a lot of success as an actor. I've been very fortunate. Mm -hmm. And, but that, it doesn't mean that I've always gotten to do the things that I've wanted to do creatively as an artist. So mm-hmm. I was always struggling in this way to be taken seriously as a writer or to try to do other kinds of work as an actress. And it was really, it was hard to get people to allow me to do that. And I think when I was younger, there was a little bit of kind of kicking and screaming about that, you know, like, why can't I? And, you know, it's hard to get sympathy when, you know, you're on a TV show, like nobody, like, don't cry for me, Argentina. Like, okay, yeah. sorry, yeah. you know, um, but this whole process, it was like an equalizer where I just went, this is what I want to do with my life. How do I want to walk through the world as an artist and creative person? Like, what do I want my career to really look like? And it's not that I don't want to do big comedies anymore or something. That's that's terrific. And I feel fortunate and I'd, I'd love to do, you know, a hundred more. But what's more important to me is that I start to do this work that I put this kind of work out into the world, this book, the film that is in development. I want to create work that touches people and that has this kind of a 
like a positive effect on humanity. So to me, it just made me more committed to what my real journey is here. You know, so when you say, yes, it was the part of, it was a start of my journey. It unequivocally was, you know, and, um, so I'm super grateful for that. And it never looks the way we think it's going to look. It never, you know, when I thought I'm going to get my book deal, we're going to have a huge party, you know, when I signed the deal. No, I was in my living room with my daughter, you know, doing distance learning and crying and my husband working in the other, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I toasted friends on Zoom. You know, that's what I did. But then, but then it worked, it worked out when it was supposed to. So like yeah. everything yeah. is, is always has a way of working out when it's supposed to, because that was like a lesson that you were supposed to, it wasn't supposed to happen yes. at that time. That's exactly. Um, I think that, um, it's interesting that you bring up the acting thing. So my husband just did my last podcast while we were on vacation. Cause I didn't, I listened to it. I know. Oh, you did. That's what so made me, you can, I think I must've met him. I must've met him back. I think day. he knows. Well, I, I know that I met you at real. I was afraid to go up to you. I'll never forget this. Stephen Bowman had a party and I remember you That's coming the first in. Time I met him, right? Didn't I like, I don't know. Like bring him a birthday cake or something crazy. Cause he told me years later and I was like, Oh my God, did I do that? <laughs> oh my God. I just remember you were, I can remember this vivid thing is you came in and you were wearing like a fur coat or something. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the girl from clueless. And I had like the connection because of the W with my niece. Oh, and right, I told, right, right. um, but I think my husband told me he was up for something with you or you guys knew each other somehow. Yeah, so I feel like we do. I know that I know one of the the actresses who was on that show with him, who was on, was it called legacy? Yeah. So there was a girl, an actress called Leah, Leah Moreno. I want to say, Oh, uh, I'm not sure if that's right, but there is, a, I can picture her face and she had done an episode of clueless before that. And so then we all would do like events, the same, you kind of like, yeah, weird, you know, community of when you're doing a TV show at the same time. So I feel like I definitely could have, should have, or would have met him at one of those sorts of events, but yeah. we're also up for something together. That I is- don't know what it was, but I thought it was interesting when he brought up on that episode, um, you know, I mean, we're pretty transparent about our relationship fights, whatever it is, but you know, he's kind of shifted into like being like going into real estate and it's hard aging in Hollywood and all the things that come with it. And just the way he's evolved as an actor. And I believe that he's still supposed to act too. And I think that we like, we need to be creative. So we talk Mm -hmm. about that a lot. When you're a creative person, it means you need to be creative in different ways. So you writing this book, was you, your way of being creative and like sending that art out into the universe. And I just, I think I can't tell you enough, like listeners, if you're listening, if you are, if you're grieving right now and you're, you could be in the very beginning stages of it, um, or you're a, a year out or wherever you are in the process. I know that for me, I, I think you talked about this in the, the, book too about how you went to see that movie and big fish yes and um and it was like when you you're going through the process of loss like that and you go to see something creative i don't know if it's just like us as actors or whatever it is but we can tap into things 
Mm-hmm. Like art, seeing art affects me very strongly. Yeah, seeing a movie, and I I remember seeing City of Angels with Meg Ryan yes. years That's ago, and I was in the theater. I think yeah. I was on a date that I was really young, and I was hysterically sobbing, like to the point where I couldn't breathe, right? Because it affected me so much. And so when I I read that this in I the book too in that movie, yeah. 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 I, I felt like I was like, and then I'm not going to give it away for you guys, but when you read the book and you see what happened during that movie, when you go to like buy the ticket and the Ooh. sign, it is like the craziest thing I've ever read. I, That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to give it away because you have to read this book, yeah. but I, I really felt like I could not believe that that was happening. And it was one of those things of, you know, Pay attention. How how big do the signs have to be? You know, it's, I mean that 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 doesn't. It didn't even. It's like it was like unbelievable. Like that. If you don't believe that there's a heaven and a god and they're on the other side and they're with us, and when you tap into it, then I don't know who you are. But my <laughs> point and my point in that long winded uh, blurb was wherever you are in your grieving process or healing or trying to tap into like, like dreams or wherever you are in this process of like having a parent that's been given the diagnosis of cancer or lost them. You have to read this book because it just, it's, it's like you read it and you feel like you're in the middle of it. And, um, and it's just so beautifully written and I could picture all the different scenes and I could picture my own struggles with, you know, um, being when my dad was sick and dying that I didn't tell him everything I wanted to tell him and how I wish I would have danced with him in yeah. second grade at this dance when he asked me to dance and I said no oh, um you right. just there's so many things that we all can learn from your book and I mean I, I'm emotional as a human so I'm sorry but um I, I, I just thank you I thank you just like from the bottom of my heart for putting this out. Um, it really, really touched me and I'm really grateful to you. So thank you. Thank you so much. This is, uh, I mean, truly the the greatest gift of, of this book has been people sharing their experiences with me. And it just, it fulfills me so much to hear that because I, that's really why I wrote it. You know, and I, it's so meaningful to me that you, that you share those specific feelings with me. And, um, I, I, I just hope that everyone who reads it gets some, some peace and some comfort and feels, feels like they can share their stories also. And, um, you know, cause it feels so isolating when we're going through these things, you know, we feel like that, like we're the only ones and it's just, and there's just no way out you know, mm-hmm. and there just really is it just that you just have to go through. Yeah. Know, it's no like there's no it. manual, like you said. And, and also surround yourself with people that are real. Like yes. that's my advice yes. in this life. Like, you know, you talk about your meeting your friends out for dinner and you in the book and you talk, say, um, I'm, I'm struggling or I'm sad or something like that. I don't know who those friends were. You didn't kind of go into the whole thing. I'm sure they're great friends, but Mm -hmm. I thought about 
how when you really are going through those periods and you need a friend or you need to lean on other people, don't be afraid to lean on people. There are really good people out there. And like I talk about a lot, um, if you need to talk to somebody, go to, go talk to a therapist. Yes. They're there for a reason. I am a huge, huge proponent of, of therapy. And, uh, I have done it for many years and it has saved my life prior to this ever even happening to me, uh, this period of time. Um, I'm a huge believer in it. And, uh, uh, you know, the other thing about asking for help and, and sharing with friends is that it allow oftentimes, most of the time, especially if, if it's someone who hasn't been through any sort of grief or challenge like this, people don't know what to say. So they don't say anything mm-hmm. and really not saying anything is kind of the worst thing to do. You mm-hmm. know, they, people worry, oh, I don't want to bring it up and like make her think about it. When the reality is, is you're thinking about it all the time. So someone, you know, we, we want acknowledgement. So you don't have to say the perfect thing. Just say something you can say, you know, I found it really helpful to say for people to sometimes just say, I don't know what to say. I really wish I did. Like, I, I love you. Yeah. You, I, I, I'm, I'm here, you know, and you know, we, cause you can't fix it. No one else can fix it. That's the reality. But and every that- loss is different. Every loss yeah. is different. So you yeah. never know, like one loss could have been something that touches somebody, but your loss in particular was a very long process of grieving. And, you know, I don't think we ever finished grieving the loss of our loved ones that were part of our souls, you know, like. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, in closing, because I don't want to take up your, I could talk to you forever, but I could talk um, to you forever too. <laughs> I know we're going to be like BFFs after yeah. this. Um, I wanted to know, like, what you're what you're doing now. Are you acting? Are you going to be in the movie that, or, is, or are so, you just producing it? I am directing the film, and <gasps> cool. I've written the screenplay. So no, I'm not going to be in it. It's my directorial debut. That's so amazing. We are hoping that the fine, you know, independent films are labors of love. And so we have a great producing team and several wonderful actors attached. And we're hoping that we will get that the financing will come through before the end of the year. And um, so I'm, I'm working on that. I just, I did just shoot something in New York that I'm not supposed to talk about. It's so funny how it's like, oh, you're not supposed to. <laughs> It's like not that big of a deal, but it was really, really fun. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I certainly will continue acting, but at the moment um, I'm definitely focusing on the, uh, on the film. And now that in-person events have started, there'll be a, a, a bookstore event at Barnes and Noble in LA that we're scheduling now. So I'm excited to start to do in-person things to promote the book too. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for that. I'm, I think too, it's like, as a, as an actor, I'm excited to see you acting again, like, um, whatever the new secret New York project is, because I think these life experiences, um, evolve, like evolve, like your yes. acting of that is like yes. your, your ability to act changes. I was actually at a 4th of July party 
with an actress friend of ours that is very successful. And she was saying how she leaves LA to live. She lives somewhere else Mm -hmm. when she's not working because she doesn't want to be surrounded with actors complaining about like not working or just talking about the craft that you have to do other things. Yeah. To, uh, to have the life experiences to be able to create those characters. Completely. You said something like that into that effect to your husband in the the episode that I listened to yesterday. Um, and I think that it is very true. You know, I'm a much better actor today than I was 20 years ago, you know, without doubt, because there is a, you know, we, we put a lot of judgment on ourselves, especially as actors. It's like the worst, <laughs> the worst career path ever. You know, if you, if you don't, yeah. if you want to feel terrible about yourself, Totally. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we just get judged all the time, often on very perfunctory things that don't really have anything to do with our ability. Um, But so there's, there's also something that, that, that goes along with that, that sometimes then we internally try to mirror someone else or do something that we think is the way to get a role. And, you know, now when you go, when I've gone through so much of life, I'm, I'm so present that I feel like all that's like all the kind of muck is gone. So there's a real, um, just kind of power and groundedness to, and I think that's what happens as we, as we get older, you know, which is so ironic that Hollywood doesn't really like to celebrate aging when like that's that's actually where the real goods are you know that's I feel like I feel like though it's getting a little bit better like I mean hearing that you're directing I mean just I mean it's hard that's amazing it's amazing it's hard to get the financing like oh we want to support women directors well let's see do we want to support women directors, you know? So it's been an interesting road, but yes, I do believe that it is getting better, but it like, we have to constantly keep the, keep the train moving. I agree. Well, in closing, I just want to tell you again, if you're listening, you guys, um, God, I can't say you guys anymore. I was told not to say that. If you're listening, everyone, <laughs> Josh, my one of my best friends told me that. Um, I really am begging you. I'm pleading with you to go get this book because it helped oh. me. I needed to read it at that exact moment. I needed to ugly cry on the plane. Um, and Elisa, I think you're an amazing, amazing person. And I'm not kidding. I want you to be my new BFF. And... <laughs> um, and I'm just so grateful. So thank you for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much. I have loved every second of this. And I am so thrilled that you are doing this podcast at all. Thank you. Will you tell Doug that I love him? I will. I'm going to see him tomorrow. I'll tell tell him. him. I follow him on Instagram and Jeff. Tell them I love them both. They're both. I actually really quickly. I, this is how nerdy I am. I called into the rate. I called into the show. Oh yeah. I love it. No, I'm embarrassed. I set Jeff up with my friend, Evan. Oh, like, you did? Over, over, <laughs> like they know who I am because I set up Jeff with my friend, Evan. And then it was like this whole thing where that Jeff and Evan had a date and then Evan did it is very private. He didn't want to be like, have it. So anyway, that's how I can't believe. I still can't believe. <laughs> yeah. Like I still can't believe I did that. But in closing, <laughs> thank you so much. In closing... 
talk a lot about how much therapy saved my life and how lucky I am to have my amazing therapist, Dr. Nay. But not everybody can get an appointment with Dr. Nay. And I really wanted to break the stigma on getting help or asking for help. So that is why I partnered with a company called online-therapy.com. They have plans that start around $30 a week and you can get weekly therapy sessions for less than $50 a week. You can also get my 20% off code by going to my website, judgingmegan.com, and you go to the therapy tab. And if you click on the link at the bottom, you can get 20% off your first month. Hey everyone, so I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to lose my COVID chubby weight that I have on my body. I'm down a little bit, but I'm going to tell you that I started using something called Goli Vitamins. The apple cider vinegar vitamins are amazing. They taste good. I feel like I'm doing good things for my body, getting that um, apple cider vinegar in my body that everybody says is so good for you. And I am down a little bit of my COVID weight. So I'm not going to say it's because of the vitamins, but it can't hurt. It can only help. So if you go to my website, judgingmegan.com, and you look for the deals tab, you can get a deal on G-O-L-I vitamins, Goli vitamins, and I swear by the taste of the apple cider vinegar vitamins. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.